Wow. Woohoo. Breathe deep, folks. It's Monday morning, November 25th. Monday. This is Thanksgiving week for you Americans. Americans representing 330 million people of the population of the world of 7 billion. We're rather insignificant on a total human being scale. And that's who we are. We're insignificant, aren't we, bud? But you're not insignificant. But wait, well, but let's get down there. Oh, okay. Buds was washed the other day. We're doing bud washings on Saturday now so we can enjoy how clean he is on Sunday. So, yeah, that's the bud. We're out walking. It's chilly, 53 degrees. And I am not even looking at the humidity, nor therefore I cannot calculate the dew point. Ho, ho, ho. It's that time of year. November 25th has come. And we no longer care about how hot it is here. <laughs> yeah, so maybe till April or May, we'll, we'll start thinking about how hot it is again. So, um... Yeah, I think I've got a listener or two now. We're picking up, picking up some steam. Yeah, you're not alone listening to this. Well, we've I've always have the most important listener is the Holy Spirit. God himself is listening, right? Yeah. So what am I looking at today? I'm not looking at a blue sky. I'm looking at an overcast sky, but you can hear an airplane going in the background. So the weather's not severe where you can't fly. No, no. But it's chilly out here. 53. Wow. No shorts anymore. It's blue jeans weather. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I had a, an interesting, well, not interesting, but a good no. If something's good, it probably should be interesting. But it was also interesting and good. I guess I don't know what that means. Does that mean some interesting things are not good? I guess so. But yeah, I had fun talking to my wife this morning and getting some clarity on things. Clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, it's chilly out here. So, um, yeah, I don't know where this is going to lead to. Um, I had some Twitter stuff yesterday, and I deleted a bunch of tweets just because I'm like, ah, what a waste of time. So I'm debating this blinders thing and what I'm here to, called here to do. And as you're listening to this, you're an entrepreneur. We've talked about that. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's a hero. Yes, you're a hero. And the what, the so what this morning is a bit more on the blinders, which I'm, I'm talking to myself. So I'm going to make a commitment to get back after walking Bud. We'll take care of the Bud here. <laughs> He's such a cute dog, man. Bud. He's walking on the edge of the uh, side of the road. 
it's to me it looks like it would be uncomfortable to walk like that he's walking right along the edge of um, i guess it's like arizona gutters we don't really like have it's like a curved shaped rounded curb and he's walking on the edge of that that's pretty cute pretty cute dog but anyhow i'm gonna get back from walking bud i'm gonna write this morning i'm actually gonna do some freaking writing and it's chilly enough now and i got the the other activity i want to do today which is run i want to get it get some exercise in it takes about an hour but what i'm going to do is is i'm going to force myself to write a little bit and then run like it's not i can wait till noon i can wait till two in the afternoon and run on november 25th outside in phoenix because it's not going to be 115. yeah yeah so there's no rush to get the run in early before it gets smoking hot here so that's life in arizona uh yeah my what else happened so my football team played like crap last night and they got smoked and it's like eh, that's not that important so move on put blinders on man get over it move on <laughs> move on it's nice entertainment and how you know i guess some of this discussion is for me is like the inputs the media get focused which i really don't do well at and there's probably a lot of other people that don't do well at it either but that's why i notice about this activity of trying to write a book is forcing me to focus and concentrate and not be so flippant and just you know go to the conclusion i mean that's one of my strengths is strategy and ideation in that um I come up with ideas and think and whatever, I brainstorm and I'm like, I process a bunch of ideas quickly in my head and I'm like, well, this is the answer. This is like the best choice at this moment or whatever. And I don't explain how I got there. So people think I'm just winging it, right? So you, <laughs> which if you've listened to some of these podcasts, you're probably like, well, what do you mean? That's that's exactly what you do is you wing everything, right? You you wing in the podcast you don't do any preparation of course you just wing it right but is it it's not really winging it though is it it's just like i said it's like 50 years of preparation and it sounds like bullshit like i've never heard so much bullshit in all my life well yeah that's because you have an expectation and other people's have set this expectation that podcasting should be you know scripted you know, go through your routine, have a call to action at the end, right? Call to action. And that, that whole phraseology in my gut just just irks me for some reason. But I sort of do have a call for action. It's like, you know, the now what? So we're going to have some so what's. And then now what? So the now what is the call to action. And... Uh, I don't want the call to action to involve me. I guess that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. 
it's like I want to maintain my independence. So, so my call to actions are for you to take action independently of me. I'm just encouraging you to go take action. And, uh, and I know how much I struggle with taking action. Take action, man. But I do it with Bud. Bud helps, man. My call to action a few minutes ago was, let's get Bud out for a walk. He needs to go for a walk. So that's my call to action for me. And give ourselves our own calls to action. So my call to action is to go write. Write some stuff. Move. Let's go. Get this thing going. And uh, the clarity is coming with... It's ironic. It's like I've, I started out with such a complex, ranting, frustration thing. And it's like boiling down to, okay, okay, frustration, rant, disappointment. What's the solution? You know? And, uh, yeah, it's a bit of uh, journaling. It's like, it's like. Other people, it's not new necessarily. It's just a little different twist framework that speaks to me and may speak to others. So just do the framework. It's like, um, yeah, that's how it came up this morning was our grandson, Jackson. He, uh, he was born September 3rd, so it's been two months or so. And this is kind of insight into grandparenting. I, you know, you just, life happens, baby. <laughs> I, I, I had no, had very little involvement in the grandparenting situation, right? So now I'm a grandfather, grandpa. So it just happens, right? But I, what am I learning from the little dude, right? So he born it. I noticed he was breathing a little heavily and kind of, you know, just newborn. But the miracle of life is this, these doctors and technology. And so uh, they found out, like, got a hole in his heart. So let's do some surgery. Man, we'll fix that. Let's fix, you know, and it's like, what? They couldn't fix that like 50 years ago. I mean, they would, like, people would probably, or I think, as my wife said, it's like the heart, if it didn't get corrected now, he probably would get like what they call an enlarged heart because his body's making his heart work double time because of the hole in the heart. So they fixed it. It's amazing. And so the doctor, to have that skill, is amazing. You know, he's a doctor. He's a person. And he's got an amazing skill niche. And my wife, you know, my wife kind of, we talked about that and like, and I said, that's amazing. The dude, like, figured out that he's going to specialize in being a pediatric heart surgeon. And uh, I'm like, that's pretty cool. And my wife's like, well, yeah, he's, that's what doctors do. They go on a journey. You know, they go to med school. They They kind of find what they really like to do. And they go into, like, surgery maybe or whatever, you know, different specialties in medicine and then i'm thinking like well wow okay 
I'm learning about these niches and things. And uh, so this heart surgeon guy who's did this surgery on Jackson, he's got an amazing skill. It's a niche, man. It's pretty cool. And there's like 40,000 kids that may have this. So, I mean, it sounds like a big thing, but 40,000, then you say maybe only a thousand in Phoenix area, but that's a lot. That's three a day. So there's other doctors that probably have the specialty to do the heart surgery. And, uh, it's a, that's a, that's a niche, right? Niche, 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 niche. I don't know. You figure out what the proper pronunciation is. Um, niche (laughs) and and he's focused on it and i thought yeah that's can i do that can we all do that i think we all should do that we should all we should all have pediatric heart surgeon focus you know like the dude the dude does his thing right but he still golfs or goes shopping and goes on vacation and, but he's focused. He's got like one thing to do. And I'm sure the guy has a lot of peace in his life and does, uh, does his heart surgery. And he's amazing at it. And, uh, and then he, he probably can't talk about it that much. <laughs> Can he talk about it much? Probably not. Can he do the walking, you know, pediatric heart surgeon walking his dog podcast? He probably wouldn't be talking about the intricacies of sewing up the heart material and sewing up the blood vessels and blah, 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 blah. You know, the details, the making sausage part of the uh, heart surgery. So this kind of concept is all around us. And I just kind of noticed that this morning on the heart surgery discussion, because that that is really detailed, you know. And he's serving the community, doing amazing things. I mean, this Jackson dude, he's just a human being now. He's like my grandson. But it's part of the life uh, creation thing. You know, he's, uh, he's really like all people, you listening, you are a miracle. Do I, I'm a miracle, I suppose. Right. It's like, do we, are we really comfortable with that? And is it abundance thinking to, to like honor all human life and honor human beings? So a little minor diversion in the political world, and you may cringe, hopefully you won't cringe. But um, I have a friend in Chicago who's been dialoguing with me about political stuff, and we both listen to Rob Bell. So he loves Rob Bell, and you know I kind of I like Rob Bell too. But here's the thing: is like Rob, is, you know, here's the twists and turns of things. It's kind of fun. It's like, okay, Rob, you believe that no one's going to hell, right? So nobody's going to go to hell. <laughs> Controversial subject but it's actually kind of a pleasant one 
for what I just just said. You know, Jackson's a little human life, amazing miracle. He gets uh, he gets a um, uh, I'm just looking at a real estate sign. Not bad. It says uh, honesty, integrity, results, experience. Hire Jerry Thompson. There you go. Not bad. Clear message. Clarity, baby. But uh, I still don't feel like I'm a hero yet. Yeah. Make me feel like a hero, and then I'll sign up for your real estate um, services. You're a hero, right? You're listening to the podcast. You are a hero. You're going to overcome some obstacles today. Today, you're going to have an obstacle. Claim your hero status. Do it. Am I, but can I apply it to myself? Can I? Am I smoking what I'm selling? Can I smoke what I'm selling? So Rob Bell, yeah, nobody's going to hell. So like, so when Rob ironically goes into the political round and takes a position like, this guy's an idiot. You've got to get him out of here. He's terrible, right? It's like, well, how does that fit into your message of everyone's going? to heaven and eternity. So if you have this political bent and you think Rob Bell thinks he's correct on his politics, and yet at the same time, he's saying that no one's going to hell, well, he's going to be faced with this dude in eternity, you know, and and uh, and Rob loves the, we, we got to get Rob Bell preaches that, we got to get rid of this us and them. You know, there are no thems, right? So I'm just, I'm seeing a little black slice in Rob's teaching, which is okay. It doesn't mean I dislike him because, you know, it's just, that's, we're not called to follow Rob Bell, Joel Osteen, John MacArthur whoever these celebrity religious leaders are. We're not called to follow them. So, I mean, this is the kind of message that would actually, I would hope Rob Bell would receive with an open mind. He certainly seems like, you know, like, uh, yeah, open mind, man. But I don't know if he notices that he's basically setting up an us and them situation. He says we shouldn't have an us and them. And yet he seems to be promoting an us and them. So that's my little political side bet. And that's what I, I sent to my friend. I'm, I'm kind of like that he's, we seem to be having a discussion. We're not arguing with each other on it. We're just sharing ideas and stuff. But I know I can go really nasty and stuff, you know. Like, uh, just, you know, like my nasty, I haven't pulled this on him yet, but I've been thinking about saying like, look, dude, Illinois, what a crappy state. You guys are effed up, man. I'm so glad not to be there. And, uh, and you're in a bubble, man. You're in the Chicago bubble. So I tell you what, I think the federal law should change so that if you have more than 300 murders in your city, you lose your electoral vote count. So it doesn't matter who you vote for in Illinois. 
since you can't end 300 murders per year in your own city, why do we want you to have any influence over the national politics? You can't even run your own state, right? So like set a criteria, you know, you want to, instead of the, you know, popular vote, I'm like, let's, let's go to a more complex, more complex electoral college. And if your own state is effed up, you lose electoral college votes. Because why do we want to promote more effed up government, you know, just because you like it? <laughs> so, so if you're not from Illinois, you probably don't have a problem with what I'm saying. If you are from Illinois, you're probably like, oh, man, come on. Well, you know, don't try to take away our electoral votes, man. We, we, you know, we got it all figured out, man. We're Illinois, man. Come on. Come on. We're geniuses, man. Well, yeah, you might be really smart, but how much love do you have, right? So let's see, let's see some Chicago love. Can you guys fix your problem with drive-by shootings and all these murders and stuff like that? You want to take care of that first? before you try to tell the rest of the country that's just fine without you how to live. <laughs> that seems rational, right? It certainly seems rational. But then if you're in California and you liked the Illinois opinions about crap, not the results, of course, let's deny all kinds of results. Like, oh, there's, you know, let's attribute all the murders to uh, the other side, you know, we, even though we're in political power and theoretically we've been in political power for a hundred years there and we should be responsible for all this negative results of murders, drug addiction, all the crap that goes on in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to take any responsibility for our belief. You know, it's really somehow magically the minority is actually causing the problem, you know, not the majority in political power. But why am I, I don't know, I'm just devote, I'm just diverging into political realm to how can we broaden that out to a so what? It's, it's the us and them mentality, right? We, it's, we even, even, it's so difficult because even Rob Bell is promoting like, oh no, we, you know, we got to get rid of the us and them. And yet a couple weeks later, he's doing an us and them podcast, you know, and justifying it on, oh, we got to save the planet, man. You know, climate change, you know, and, and then even these words, words matter. And, you know, and, and people uh, twist them, other people's words, they twist them. So, so there are there to say somebody is like a climate change denier, right? That that there's actually probably zero zero climate change deniers is my my belief. There's I believe there is no one that is a climate change denier. Zero. Hello, right? Blow your mind, man. So what? I just blew your mind, man. There are no climate change deniers. Okay? 
zero. But it's a framework. It sets up an us and them. It's like, I'm going to claim those people that don't agree with me on what to do about fossil fuels, I'm going to say that they're climate change deniers, even though they aren't. But I need to say that they are so that I have an us and them situation. And I can blame them for denying that there's climate change. And the subtle word twists are that the so-called climate change deniers, those so-called group that doesn't exist, that they want to exist, they skip over the fact that they deny that the climate change is purely based on human behavior. Oh, oh, now I see. Yeah, let's twist everybody's words. Yeah. So in our gut reaction, in our using a little amount of our brain, it's it's much easier to have us and them. Yeah, us and them. Oh, you're, you're saying something that... that that makes me think too much. Oh, well, you're one of those. Oh, oh, you're one of those. Oh, yeah, I'm one of those. And it's good to be one of those. <laughs> Especially if one of those just sees themselves as part of the whole thing. It's been there the whole time, right? Yeah, it's been there the whole time. So there are no such things as climate change deniers. So it should be removed from the vernacular, as they say. Because everybody, all 7 billion people on the planet, agree that the climate changes. Yes, we all agree. There's no us and them. No, right, right. So what do we have? Well, I would say we have those that wish to claim that it's fossil fuels are destroying the planet and we have only 12 years to live they're more likely to be God deniers. <laughs> They're the ones that are God deniers, the us and them. Because God says that he's in control, right? So, so, and, and I would, I would frame those that are so hysterical that the world is going to end in 10 years. They're really not that much different than those religious wackos that we like to call them that say that the end of the world is coming next year. That world's going to end and Jesus is coming back on uh, January 15th, 2022, man. Yeah. Are they any different? Than a, than a religious sect. 
that claims they know when the uh, God Almighty is returning to the earth, you know? No, they're no, they're no different. So there you go, deep philosophy on this Monday morning, walking bud. And here comes the giant schnauzers, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a different time of year. Hey man, where's the shorts and t-shirt today? Where's the shorts and t-shirt? Shorts and t-shirt. It's like- I was just thinking how warm I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to the gym like this. And bundle up. Shorts and t-shirt in the gym, you know? Yeah. Happy, happy holidays to you guys. Yeah, thanks. You too. Happy all, Heather. I saw you. Okay. Stay warm. Stay warm. Yeah. Yeah, Bud, dog walkers out here. Yeah. We're the dog walkers. Us. And them, and now I know I've seen with my own eyes a catwalker, a catwalker, a cat on a leash, and us and them. But I'll welcome the catwalker into the into the us. <laughs> I don't know. Is that crazy talk? I don't think it's crazy talk, man. I think it's I think it's real. Yeah. So, where, where is this, oh, what do they call it, evolutionary psychology? Oh, yeah, let's name it, name it, evolutionary psychology. Other people just call it living. <laughs> let's describe the evolutionary thoughts that we have. So yeah, seven billion people on the planet. Broaden the us. We are not just 330 million people in a pool of relatively amazing freedom. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we're at, man. And uh Bud, sniffing around. Dude, good job, bud. You didn't bark at the big schnauz. You kind of were kind of, the big schnauzers, you were pretty cool with that, weren't you? And such is our life. And we're, yeah, so I don't know, something's happening. Uh, being a grandfather, I guess my wife, we, we had a nice dinner with them we did like you know they're back out of the hospital so we uh brought a meal over and uh yeah a little little trauma for the young family they uh appreciate the elderly now <laughs> so we're getting a little respect oh yeah yeah yeah. And I guess it comes just from kindness, gentleness, you know, fruit of the spirit. The more fruit of the spirit you have in your life, the better 
uh, well, I don't know if it's the better. The likelihood that you get a good response is higher. Because people like to be respected, heard, noticed, right? Noticed. And because uh, noticing another human life is respecting the creation. Again, it's it's uh, paying attention to others. I mean, I'm, I'm like hugely distracted, right? So, in fact, I'm, this, someone said I was, I think you're ADD. And I'm like, well, I resist and resist the labels again. Right? So since I'm ADD, if I'm ADD, I'm like in a resistant because I'm, I'm going to distract the person with something other idea. Like, well, maybe it's not ADD. What is ADD? Ah, it's complex. Yeah, yeah. Then it sets up an us and them again, right? Those with ADD and those without ADD and us and them, right? Dang, it's complicated, isn't it? And slow it down sometimes. I don't know. I guess that's that's why I started this podcast was with, you know, processing a lot of thoughts and then just coming to a conclusion and people think I'm just winging it, but am I really just winging it? I don't think so. And it, it may appear to you, the listener, that I'm just winging it. And is the takeaway, just wing it because it works. I mean, it's effective. And, uh, no, probably not. I don't know. I'd say one of the takeaways is just walk your dog. <laughs> I'm not winging it. I'm walking my dog. <laughs> yeah, but inspiration. So I'm in the dog walking stage of life. Some people call it like, Midlife crisis, right? Is this a midlife crisis, bud? Are you part of my midlife crisis? No, you're a dog. You're a cute bud. You you have a you have life in you, bud. You smell stuff. Yeah, you're moving. You're walking. Look at that. Four legs. Moving along. And. Uh, yeah, what's the philosophy of that? Different stages people in life are in. I mean, I you're not walking the dog with me. I mean, only through imagination. But I'm waiting for a car to come. You can't see the car. I can. Bud wants to go across the street, so we're going across the street. But you just you don't. You're not here. You're not with me on that. Are you with me on that? <laughs> I listen to a lot of Rob Bell. Are you with me? Raise a glass. Raise a glass. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I see Eileen up ahead. She's got two dogs. Bud's not hustling. She's pretty far 
she's pretty far ahead. So I probably won't catch up to her. Oh, Bud, one, you want to go through here, Bud? Bud, Bud wants to go in to this community. And uh, we're going to go into the gate. There's a truck there. I want to deliver a barbecue. Get a barbecue delivered installed, man. And Bud wants to come in here. Where do you want to go now, Bud? Over on this side? Yeah, we're walking across the street. So what else? What else? I read 2 Timothy 2. And I remember a sermon. I don't remember very many sermons, but I like this guy, Steve Carter, from Willow Creek Church in Chicago. And uh, he became the senior pastor to replace the famous Bill Hybels. And again, I'm so glad I'm in Arizona, right? Because like I can watch this stuff from afar. And I don't live in the area. I'm familiar with the area. But I don't live there. So these distance experiences are interesting. It's this stuff wouldn't happen even 20 years ago with these internet stuff and podcasting, um, social media. So I can keep track of what's going on. This Willow Creek Church is quite famous. And it's got a bad reputation right now because Bill did not have a holy discontent for grabbing other women. So, you know, I kind of joke about it and that's on my this is uh, yes between you and i and the podcast listeners here but i because i like bill (laughs) i thought he was pretty good but he's been he's had a black slice man his black slice was like wanting to be with other women and the standards are really high in religious circles right uh, and depending on who you, who you are, I mean, I'm not a woman, so I'm sure if I was a woman and I felt, and this guy was hitting on me or something or whatever, I don't know what, I can't imagine what that's like, but it's not like he was hitting on thousands of women and I'm not justifying anything by any means of what he did, but I'm like, let's put it in perspective, people. Is it possible that he only had a black slice of negativity, which, yes, he obviously did, and he got busted for it. But now people have like totally, it's like basically crucified the guy as if he had nothing of value. Like his whole 40 years of quote unquote ministry and teaching, you just throw it all out the window because he was going after other women or something. I, I don't know. You know, and this this podcast isn't intended to rehabilitate the guy, but it, it it causes me to pause, especially when I'm looking at Second um, Timothy two, back to Steve Carter, who was the young guy. Great, I I enjoy his teaching, but he he and uh, this gal were voted in to be 
Bill's replacement as he retired. And then the, uh, I guess, all the, the, the powers that be um, came against him. And, you know, articles in the New York Times about mega church pastor, blah, 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 getting involved in women, and, and, you know, kind of a bad thing, right? Not the greatest, right? And uh, so Steve and uh, the gal, I can't remember her name right now, um, they basically said, uh-oh, because they had been working with the guy for, I don't know, a number of years, five to ten years. So they felt like, well, this is not a good situation right now. So um, they resigned. And Steve was such a good pastor. He still, I caught him over uh, on the internet. He preached at uh, John Ortberg's church in San Francisco. Pretty good message. But the the second Timothy 2 is about... uh, it reminded me of Steve's message on called the commanding officer about how to to live and things. And good, powerful, nice message. Today I use it as the blinder message. Like um, the commanding officer is like focus on what you're called here to do. So it's a kind of a mixture of Steve's original message on that. And, uh, and yet I read it myself. So it was back to just what is the Holy Spirit speak to me in, uh, in this, uh, message, in this passage, right? And, uh, so it was good. There was some other good things in, in there. And I think one of the notes I made today was like, well, these are letters. This is Paul. He's just writing to um, a guy that he previously said was like the only guy that looked after other people's interests, right? So, you know, Paul has a a very personal relationship with this guy, Timothy. So I thought, you know, we should read these letters as they originally were intended which are personal messages between Paul and Timothy. And yet some of the churches I've been around, the leaders like to just pluck a few verses out and elevate them to maybe a higher level than was ever intended. But with their position of authority and training, they can take that message and uh, put their own agenda into it. And that agenda probably was never there to begin with. And I think that's the saddest part of the professional uh, training of Christianity. And Jesus called 12 disciples to follow him and they weren't educated theologically dudes and yet that's what we've turned into it's you got to have the pedigrees man you know you got to have a masters in divinity and no greek and hebrew it's not 
you'd think there'd be a verse that says, thou shalt not listen to anyone that does not know Greek and Hebrew. And uh, can't tell, is this our suitcase there? No, can't tell. So I'm getting close to home. Bud took a diversion back. And uh, I don't know why he's, he wants to go home. That's good. And uh, so what now? What did we cover today? Was it, was it the us and them mentality? Do we, do I have us and them? I, yeah, I have an us and them. And can we Gaussian distribution that? Let's, let's try to reduce our us and them mentality. I guess it'd be the what now. And you can find it in your local situation. What is your us and them situation? And work through that. And enjoy people, even those um, that you don't seem to, don't seem to agree with your point of view. And uh, uh, I'm working towards a more joy-filled, peace, love, fruit in my life. And I'm not there yet. I'm just moving up the curve. And that's my humble offering to you, is just take where you're at and get better. That's all God in the universe asks us to do. Yet there's so many voices telling us to do better, do this, do that. And uh, I'm not sure that as, as well intentioned as that is, I'm not really convinced that that's the way forward. And my message to myself is just. Take responsibility for my understandings. And what gives me strength is just reading over and over again the situation we're in. And fortunately, N.T. Wright did not, did not write. N.T. Wright. This is pretty funny. Uh, fortunately, N.T. Wright was not inspired to write the scriptures because if he was, the Bible would be like 10 times as big as it is full of confusing minutia that would uh, cause one to really wonder. So let's be thankful today that the Bible is pretty simple. And then also think that if someone's influencing you from the scriptures, ask yourself, is it, is that really what it says? Is that really the uh, implication? Should I be influenced by this virtue signaling that, uh, it's coming out. 
and I don't know what the Greek word, the original Greek word is for virtue signaling. It's technically not in the Bible, right? Virtue signaling, but the uh, the action is quite prevalent. And when virtue signaling is done by, oh, they're such nice men, such nice guys. They have such a wonderful family. Oh, did you know that he adopted three kids from Russia? Oh, he must be a great guy. Oh, yeah. That's, he's just virtue signaling a little bit, but he's got such a great family. That, oh, I'm just going to listen to everything he says. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not asking you to think or agree with everything I say, but I am saying go read the stuff yourself. Get extremely, extremely familiar with the text. It's not that hard to do. And don't be bamboozled by others who are quite likely manipulating you. And maybe subconsciously, maybe they're not consciously manipulating you, but out of their enthusiasm for what they believe God is asking them to do, they're, they're going into Peter mode. And they're saying, well, come on, guys, you know, John's got to do this too then, right? John's got to do it. And God says to Peter, no, man, what's that to you? You follow me. So don't follow me. Enjoy the podcast. Have a chuckle. Certainly we need good news and good vibes in life. So there you go. Hopefully you got some of that. But now, you know, what's that to you? You follow me. That's your thing. Follow the Spirit. And, uh, yeah, it's real. So there you go. Have a great day. Some grace um, and mercy and peace. So just thank God that you were able to do the laundry, take the kids to the doctor, go to school, and listen to a blessing in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not that hard to give a blessing, is it? Okay, until next time, bye-bye.